Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to give this another shot. Sorry about our technical difficulties this morning, everybody. Uh, this is Jason Longshore waiting on Jarrett to reconnect to the studio. Um, we're going to get back to where we were talking about Atlanta United and specifically Oscar Romero. Um, looks like he's headed to China. We're going to have to wait and see if that deal gets done. There's conflicting things out there in the media right now. Some people say it's a done deal. Some people say that it's up to the player to decide at this point. Um, We're going to have to wait and see where this goes. Uh, He's a player in high demand. Obviously, Fenerbahce was interested in him at one point. If Atlanta United lose him, then they're going to have to find another replacement because that's an open hole in the lineup that they expected Romero to fill. Uh, I have Jarrett Smith back with me, I think. Jarrett, are you there? Yeah, 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 I'm here. Everything just I guess, died, and it Yeah, I guess when we started uh, criticizing the level of the Chinese league, we were knocked off the air. Uh, we'll, we'll stray away from that topic now. Well, I think it was when um, I started criticizing the, uh, the, 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 the Chinese men's development against the women's development. Oh, that's what it was. Um, yeah, it's always a, a sore They're subject. Not, so. They are still not happy about the, uh, the 99 World Cup. No, no, not at all. Um, it's understandable. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay away from that. We'll look, you know, at with Romero, like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, there's still a lot to be decided here. Nothing's official. Um, from my understanding, there are offers on the table and it's up to Romero to decide where he wants to go. This is how the silly season works. Things happen. Things go back and forth. Uh, we're just going to have to stay tuned on it. What I'm curious about is if this does not happen, what direction Atlanta United goes in to fill that spot? Because Romero is truly more of a number 10 than Almiron. Even though people you know, say that they're a little interchangeable, I think most experts would agree that Romero is more of the playmaker than Almiron. So do we go back to Almiron playing the 10 and we look for a left wing, or do we still look for another 10 and have Almiron play next to him? A lot of questions and lots of rumors to be had between now and opening day. Yeah, that's um, and it's fascinating that that Atlanta United build Almiron as their ten. Like when they when they announced him, you know they built him as the ten. Um, I think you brought it up the idea of running a four one four one kind of setup with both of them in the midfield as yes. an option down the road if you get another left wing. Now. That is a good question, though. What do you do now? If if Romero decides to go to Shanghai, do you go get a left wing? Do you go get a real number 10 and push Almiron to the uh, left wing? Or, I mean, do you try and find someone in kind of the same vein who can do both? Good question. And, and that's the good thing about the situation with the players you have, because you have some built-in flexibility. And it's not just in in Almiron, and even Vishalba has some flexibility in where he can line up. You have, you know, central midfielders like Chris McCann, Kevin Kratz, Harrison Heath, and now Jeff Lorenowitz, who can play different roles in that midfield. And it would be easy to see a McCann and Lorenowitz pairing in midfield behind an Almiron. Um, that would not be a shock in any way. So there's lots of flexibility. And I think that's what Atlanta United's idea is in building this roster. Give Tata Martino a lot of tactical variables to work with to make it fit and make the performance as good as possible. And uh, we're going to get ahead of ourselves a bit here. Um, but you know who can play the left wing? 
Andrew Carlton can play left wing. This is very true. Um, you know, I think we've all talked about not wanting to rush Carlton into, you know, a, a situation with pressure just yet, but his performances at the youth national team level, it's almost like he's, I don't want to say too good. Cause that's not the right way to put it. He needs to be tested and he needs to be pushed and, you know, we don't want to rush him. However, if he's, if he's really outperforming, playing with kids at the youth national team level, maybe it is time to see what he can do at the MLS level. Um, again, you, you probably don't want to see him as your starter opening day. You don't want to see him playing 90 minutes a week from the jump, but getting time off the bench in spots that are comfortable for him, getting some starts here and there, maybe that's a way to bring him along. And by the end of the season, Maybe that is the the situation as Andrew Carlton is your starting left winger for Atlanta United. Yeah, it's 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 crossed my mind a bit of get yourself not necessarily a designated player on the left wing, but a veteran on the left wing who can kind of help usher him along in development, who you can start and feel comfortable starting. He's not going to change the game necessarily, but get yourself a solid left wing to play and um, have him kind of mentor. Carlton. The other thing I've wondered about Carlton is at what point, I'm not saying he's ready for the big stage. At what point does he get called in to at least for the camp with the, with the national team, with the top flight? Uh, you got a while there. Um, Cause he has U 17s right now. He'll have, he'll probably have a run with the U twenties and it would be really after he's established himself at the U 20 level that you could see some call-ups. I mean, next year is a U-17 World Cup year, and Carlton's a key part of that, which would be another reason why you want to to go slow here, because he is going to be away at different times with that. CONCACAF qualifying for the U-17 World Cup is in January, or is in January, February, and the actual U-17 World Cup is later in the year during the MLS season. So you don't want to get too attached, because that would be another starter you would lose at this point. You do want to bring him along slowly. I think if his development track, and this is really hard to predict for somebody his age, if his development track continues on the road it's on, then, yeah, I think you could see him potentially in the mix for 2022 for that World Cup. But even that might be a bit of a push because still then you're talking, he's still a young kid. And it's just going to depend on how much first team soccer he's getting at that point. You know, between him, Polisic, and uh, Fabian Johnson, we got a fun left side of the field going forward in the future. Yeah, it's uh, That's something to look forward to. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of potential moving forward with this, um, both in Atlanta and with the national team. So let's look at Atlanta United's roster and look at some of the moves they've made okay, this week. Let's do it. We had the expansion draft. We've had free agency in Atlanta United's picked up a player there. Uh, and we had the trade window that we covered last weekend. We can actually field a team. If uh, Atlanta United had to play a game tomorrow, they could put a solid team on the field for that matchup. Um, what were your thoughts on the expansion draft? I haven't had a chance to catch up with you after that. I think you know, everybody was a little surprised at some of the directions the club went in the expansion draft, but it made a little more sense afterwards when we saw the trades come off. Yeah. Um, I was watching it at work. I was hoping I could jump on and do something. Um, so I was watching it work, managed to catch up your Facebook live and, uh, going back and listening to the, uh, the cavalcade of stars that was on mouths of the South. That was pretty interesting. That was entertaining as hell. Um, I was confused by it, and it's one of those things I was confused by, it. and then they like started moving people, and I went, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. Um, I forget who it was, but props to uh, one of the Legion of ATL Soccer people who pointed out, uh, God knows, I can't remember who it is, um, who pointed out that they didn't have uh, preset player like vanity cards built up for two of the players, the two they traded. Um yeah, that was J.R. Francis. He noticed that straight away, and that was, that was perfect for that show because then we kind of knew straight away that, okay, wait a minute, something's up. Yeah, something's going to happen, and 
like we have kept a uh, someone corrected me on Twitter. Uh, we have kept two goalkeepers for like a combined thirty minutes in Atlanta. Like aside <laughs> from Alex Tambakis, if we get a goalkeeper, if he stays past fifteen minutes, you know that's that's impressive. Um, but yeah, the 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 draft itself went. It was a little different. The moves made sense after they were after you had the trades and whatnot. Um, you know, we talked about so many stars being there, but I mean. Uh, you had uh, Gonzalo Verón was protected. Um, Mix was protected, which takes that temptation off the table for Rob and for really a lot of people. I think a lot of people would have been, uh, as much as we kind of hound on the idea of Mix Discord, I think people would have taken him had he been available and you could have talked down a salary. For less money, Mix is an absolutely interesting option. Um, it's it's funny the pull of U.S. national team players, even a player like Mix that is not in the mix as often as he had been. Um, I was out yesterday and uh, wearing a soccer shirt as I'm often you know, doing and was talking to somebody at the store and they were asking about Atlanta United and, you know, how everything was coming along. And I mentioned Brad Kazan as possibly coming in goal. Cause he asked me who would be in goal. And he, the, the guy I was talking to got so excited about Kazan because he's a national team guy. So, you know, those types of players, I think, you know, we might get in a, in our bubble, so to speak, about, you know, going beyond that and, you know, kind of maybe taking that for granted. But a player like Guzan, a player like Mix, you know, who have been in the national team, worn that shirt, they have maybe a little bit different standing with the casual soccer fan than, than we often take into consideration. No, that's true. Um, and they have the appeal and the visibility. That's a big deal to people. That's fine. Um, let's see. What else did we get? Uh, see, we traded our first pick for another uh, super draft pick, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I know people in Minnesota were confused by it that we chose the expansion draft just so we could trade the expansion draft top pick for a, uh, for another slot in the super draft, which so Atlanta holds the number two and I think number eight season the or uh, number eight slot in the super draft. That's so, correct. That was a little interesting. I'm sure they've got a plan. I'm, at this point, they've done everything so well. I'm not one to question what they're doing. Um, but you know the Zach Lloyd move, I really liked. If he'll stay healthy, um, Mikey Ambrose is really interesting of uh, what he could be. Uh, Alec Khan gives you another. Um, and gives you another goalkeeper to throw back there. He could be your second keeper behind the uh, uh, Schrodinger's Gazan, whether or not he comes or not. Um, honestly, when they brought in uh, when they brought in uh, Irwin, all I could think was like, "Oh, so we're uh, so we're so we're just moving on from Guzan, yeah?" Because at first, like it didn't click with me, like, "Oh, they might just trade Irwin back and hold hold him hostage for something better." that fits the team, but I thought, oh, are we just calling another goalkeeper audible? Because it sounds like what they did with Sean Johnson, they intended to use Sean Johnson. Guzan came available, and so they moved Sean Johnson. Yes, and, that would be my reading of the situation, too, is that they made the trade for Johnson, they were locked into that trade, and then the Guzan talk started, and they made an adjustment. And again, I, w- I thought the same thing about Irwin. I thought, well, maybe with the talk about Janino coming available in allocation, with the talk about, I think, Tim Ream's name popped up again at that point. Like, well, maybe they're going to go in a different direction here with that allocation spot. Maybe they'll trade it. Maybe they'll keep it. Maybe they'll use it. And maybe because Clint Irwin's available, who's a, a top-level goalkeeper in this league, maybe they decided mm-hmm. to change track again, but they didn't. And you guys talked about it on uh, on the Cavalcade of Stars show. Um Irwin's stock is pretty damn high right now. Like you, you could not have picked a goalkeeper whose stock was rising like that. Um, man, that I, and so I honestly thought when they drafted him, it, it, I didn't put two and two together to think that they'll trade him. I just thought, Oh, so this is what we're doing for keeper now. And we totally misread the situation that, or they've decided to go in a different situation, possibly um, with that pick instead of Guzan down the road, but it worked out fine. I mean, I'm fine with getting, Gam and Mark Bloom, who's a local guy. Um, I'd love to know how much Gam it was, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, teams get Gam if they lose a player in the expansion draft. Yes. So I'm wondering if they just got the Gam associated with losing 
uh, Irwin and then got Bloom to come home too. Could be. And that's what uh, Matt Doyle speculated on was that it, that was the deal was we're going to take Irwin. Hey, Toronto, that gam you get for us taking Irwin, give us that and Mark Bloom and we'll call it a deal. Um, it, it's hard to say like I, the, the, the Toya pick and trade was definitely agreed upon ahead of time. I don't see any way that it wasn't um, because I don't see why you go Toya with number one pick if, if that's not the case. And back to the, the Minnesota speculation about, well, why would you take the, the number one pick in the expansion draft to get a number eight pick in the super draft? I mean, that's easy to say now. You didn't know who was going to be available in the expansion draft. If Gonzalo Verón was available, maybe we're having a different conversation. Um, if some other player was available that they thought might have been available that they prioritized, maybe this is a different conversation. You have to adjust, and you have to adjust to how the, the game plays itself out. And when you've heard Darren Eels and, and the rest of the front office talk about kind of that game theory of building this roster, you know, there's lots of flow charts as to if this happens, then we go in this route. So they had the list. They had a team that was very interested in a player on that list. And I'm assuming that the eighth round pick in the super draft was the best deal on the table. So they took it. So now you have two picks in the top eight and looking at the benefit of that, when you start to look at generation Adidas and the value of ha- of drafting a generation Adidas player, because they're off the cap. If you get two guys that are, you know, top 10 picks and two of them are generation Adidas guys off the salary cap, it just adds to the flexibility you have in building this roster. And you could potentially see two defenders come with those two picks that would add to your depth and they would be guys off the salary cap, which is, is very, very valuable in this league. Um, Looking beyond that move, so we've talked about the number eight pick. Zach Lloyd, if he's healthy, is a starting center back in this league and can potentially cover for you at right back. You have Mikey Ambrose, who most people think is is predominantly a left back, but he's played a little bit on both. Bloom's the same way. He can play on both sides. Um, I've liked him a little more on the left, but if it's Ambrose on the left, Bloom on the right, or vice versa, that's fine. That's solid for outside back right now. And then you're looking at Alec Kahn. You have your backup goalkeeper who is a solid, steady hand to back up whoever is your number one. If it's Suzanne, that's what we're expecting. Uh, you're, in, you're in pretty good shape coming out of this thing. Um, I, agree. I think some people expected more, but I like the pickups of essentially your expansion draft brought you number eight pick in the super draft, which could be generation Adidas off the cap. Zach Lloyd, who was in the mix for the national team before he got hurt, his health is going to be the primary concern on if this draft was a win or a lose for Atlanta United. You got Mark Bloom and some more general allocation money. You got Mikey Ambrose and you got Alec Kahn. I think it's a solid expansion draft. We'll have a better sense of it after the season as to how those guys' performances came in. Also, we'll have to figure out who the hell we're going to protect and not protect down the road because we get to do this again next year and we don't get to pick. We have to watch helplessly as players are taken off the board, potentially. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be very tricky with LAFC coming in next year, and we'll have to wait and see if they have somebody coming in with them. That's that's a whole other topic that we'll get to shortly. Uh, we had a couple questions on, on Twitter from some listeners. Uh, Joseph May asked about Romero. He said, what – does Atlanta have working in its favor and what the challenges are and what our best guess is, I guess, for what Atlanta has to do to get him. It looks like at this point, the transfer fee is roughly in the ballpark both ways. So if Atlanta threw a little bit more on the transfer fee, you know, maybe that would, that would help on the Rossing side. It really comes down to the contract because MLS is a higher level of play. I think Atlanta with Tata Martino and with, uh, Darren Eels and his connections to Europe have better connections for Romero to come here for one, two, three years and then move to Europe, which is, I think, where he wants to be long term. So to me, it's selling him on that. It's upping the salary to it doesn't even possibly it doesn't have to be equal because those other things could be the benefit. But it has to get closer. You know, this could just be this negotiating ploy that 
Shanghai heard what the, the rumor was. They come in and say, well, we're going to double that salary and here's some more transfer money. And now Atlanta has to respond. So let's, let's see where it goes. Um, to me, it's selling him on MLS from Argentina. MLS is a better route to Europe than China is. And playing under Tata. Yes, and playing under Tata, playing under a manager of that ilk and who can help you develop for the next level because Tata's been there. So has Darren Eels. Bocanegra has connections. Paul McDonough has connections. Atlanta United can be that club that brings guys in, gets them ready, the club performs well, and then they move on. And that's a good spot to be in as the kind of way station from South America to MLS to Europe. And that's something that South American media has really highlighted with Tata and Darren's connections to Europe. Uh, we have another question from David Day. Uh, hey, guys, as an ex-TV producer, I'm curious as to what the TV situation is. Uh, Who would you prefer play-by-play, and can you get a big name? I think you can definitely get a big name, um, work backwards on it. I, I think, you know, we, we've talked uh, hashtag Mucha Plata quite a bit, and the club really not had a problem in investing in its product and TV from, from conversations that Darren has had TV is a big piece of that because just like we talked about with players going to Europe, TV can be a big part of that, making Atlanta United a worldwide brand. And I, I believe that's the plan. This is, you know, we talked about it on the mouths of the South. I think where Atlanta United's changing the, the game, so to speak, is, not just in, in buying young players. I think it's in Atlanta really looking at being a powerhouse in MLS, but being a powerhouse in this hemisphere. And part of that is your TV product. And part of that is your TV product being picked up for those international games, which MLS has greatly increased their international broadcasting. So for the Atlanta United broadcast to get picked up for Argentine television, for the UK for Germany. That's very important to Atlanta United's overall strategy. So big name, big name production, high level production. I think that's the plan. Um, what are you thinking? You know, we've, we've talked a little bit about the TV side and kind of the landscape in Atlanta from a local perspective. What do you think on TV is, is where they're going to end up or what's the best situation for them? Steve Holman. <laughs> okay. We're going to, so we're going to steal Holman from the Hawks. Um, no, we don't have to steal him. Um, they, 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 I mean, he can split double duty for half the season uh, when the, when the uh, Hawks are in the playoffs and when the season starts, but in the summer, he's not busy. And my God, I want Steve Holman screaming about the refs. Oh my God, he knocked him down. They, they, they missed it. They didn't see it. They just ignored it. Tata's losing his mind. They just knocked him <laughs> and went right over. Uh, I couldn't tell if that was a Holman or a... Uh... Larry Munson for a minute there. That was good. I mean, you can get Munson. If you can, if you can resurrect him, you got an Necromancer <laughs> on hand, you can do it. Um, I'm down for that too. Um, no, I, I'd be fine with Holman. I mean, there's, there's national options you can get it. Um, keep in mind. I mean, Atlanta's it, keep in mind where Atlanta is and what Atlanta has. Like there is a cavalcade of people at Turner down the street who could do the job. Um, essentially if they know the sport well enough, um, there's, you know, there's, there's, different broadcasting companies all over the place. And you've got Fox sports in Atlanta. You've got Turner in Atlanta. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, David actually replied. Uh, the, you go local. Do you go someone like Derek Ray, Cal Williams, uh, JP, all big names. Uh, yeah, those are big names. Um, and you know and JP, Gus Johnson. Yes. Gus Johnson is a big name. I think he is not taking any soccer jobs at this point. I think the, uh, oh. The soccer uh, Twitter sphere might have scared Gus Johnson off from doing doing soccer, uh, which is a shame because I thought he was getting better. Um, you know, he wasn't a traditional soccer announcer, but I thought he was improving. I actually really liked the combination of, of Gus and Eric Winalda. I thought that was the best pairing that Gus had. I didn't think he really worked with anybody else as well as he did with Eric. But David mentions J.P. Della Camera, and for those of you who don't know, JP lived in Atlanta for quite a while. He was the play-by-play announcer for the Atlanta Thrashers for a long time. And I actually met JP uh, a few times. And one time we talked about that. And he, he talked about how much he loved Atlanta and how much he loved 
being in the city. Uh, his, him and his wife loved the town, wanted to come back. Um, that's one that's a national guy. That's a big name that has a connection to Atlanta and could be very interested in being the inaugural voice for the club. And he'd be a great fit. I mean, oh, yeah. I've heard JP Della camera on soccer games since I first started watching games when I was a little kid. I remember Della Cameron calling MISL games on ESPN back in the day. Um, I've grown up with, with JP as the voice of soccer, and he's just he's just the pro's pro of it. So you can go a lot of directions with color commentator based off of JP, but JP would be a great fit. I'm, I'm a fan. I know not everybody is, but I'm a fan because he's just so solid. Yeah, he's reliable. It's steady. Um, like there, are, there are people I watch. I'm like, why are you talking? Why are you still talking? Um, no, I agree, David. Um, JP's a great shout. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, got a message from Joseph about it as well. Hey Joseph, uh, hold on, we'll come back to the Almarone thing if you want to for a second. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, his question though is about TV rights and how it would affect the markets outside of Georgia because he's in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, that's that's going to be interesting because, I mean, I would assume if, if everything goes uh, according to plan, it would be a Fox Sports South kind of thing. Um, and at that point, soccer is different from other sports where Atlanta has kind of a foothold in the South in that you've got teams who are racing now because of the uh, just the weird situation in lower-level soccer in the United States. You've got teams rushing to fill the voids that are developing almost as quickly as teams can fill them. So, you know, a couple of years from now, Atlanta might be Atlanta might be in a saturated market in the South. Right now, it's Atlanta, it's Orlando, and that's pretty much it on MLS side. Um, who knows? Five six years from now, it could be Atlanta. It could be uh, what is it? North Carolina FC, I believe they changed their name to. Um, yes. It could be Chattanooga. Or Charlotte. Charlotte. I'm sorry. Um, you could end up with a market where you've got a little bit more saturation. So I think for, for now though, Fox sports South kind of thing where you can pick it up around the region, hopefully would be an option. Uh, MLS, uh, you can watch the games on MLS.com. I think it's uh, MLS live. Yeah. MLS live. Um, you have that possibility. It, Fox sports South is, is who makes the most sense. I mean, when you're talking uh, reputation, you're talking reach, the, the Fox Sports South, Fox Sports Southeast connection is, is definitely probably the number one choice. If that doesn't happen, I think you see more of a syndication package that where you, you see a local broadcaster. Peachtree TV is another one I think who has a regional reach, but maybe you see a mix of uh, UPN 69 plus like a local station in Columbia, South Carolina, a local station in Birmingham, that type of thing. Fox Sports Southeast would be the ideal situation. And we know that there have been conversations. We know that uh, on the Fox side, they talked about negotiating with Atlanta United. Atlanta United didn't specifically mention Fox, but said that they're talking to potential TV partners. I think some movement will happen soon. Um, you know, in a perfect world, by the end of the year, you're looking at some schedule stuff starting to come out next week in terms of a home opener with the full schedule coming out mid-January. So I think you want to see a TV partner in place as soon as possible. Uh, one thing about Joseph's question, uh, markets outside of Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina specifically, the MLS Live and an MLS Direct kick on cable and satellite, they do have the blackout regions. So they, they want you to watch on, on your local partner. I don't know how they're going to define Atlanta United's region. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the region like we've talked about or if it's going to be Atlanta Metro. So we'll try to get some answers on that for you, Joseph. Um, probably, a, a, you know, maybe a month or so away till we get to that TV partner and, and see what it looks like. But uh, be on the lookout. Um, thanks for the question, David. That's good stuff. Uh, he also mentioned Phil Shane as a possibility. Uh, Phil called MLS in the early days. Uh, he was the voice on ESPN and was great. I, I love Phil Shane as a, as a play-by-play announcer. Um, he's based in Miami, and he does a lot of work with BN, so it might be hard to pull him away. I think out of the guys you mentioned, David, JP is, is probably the most likely. I believe he has a deal currently with Philadelphia Union doing games locally for them. 
So it would depend on contract terms and, and all that. But, but JP has an Atlantic connection that could Just be very nice. the person that we've got to steal from somebody else. It's, it's what we do. We are, we are Ted DiBiase. It's, it's true. Um, I don't care <laughs> but what you say. Really, yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening, David. We appreciate it. Um, um, let's I, get back one to thing this first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, one thing, one thing uh, you got to remember with these TV negotiations, they're a long-term thing. Uh, they're definitely going to be looking at the playoff numbers and they're going to be looking at the numbers that MLS final pulled and the playoffs pulled and that, you know, that guano crazy game that went on between or games that went on between Montreal and Toronto. Um, so like to see if it's going to be financially worth it for them, I think it will be, I think they'll make that decision and it won't be a big deal. Um, but yeah, so that I just want to wrap that up. Um, yeah, we can jump back yeah. to uh, Joseph. Joseph had another question about uh, Almiron's prior signing impacting the uh, impacting the decision to sign uh, to sign Romero. Yeah, so let's let's kind of close out the Romero Almiron yeah. uh, DP type of talk right now because Kyle Kessler, another longtime listener, had a a question kind of dovetailing it with Romero's uh, discovery rights being owned by Real Salt Lake and a single entity hurt things, um, and if the media is getting the Oscars confused. So let's, let's try to wrap through all that. I swear that. to God, that uh, crossed my mind when I saw it the first time. I was like, you sure they got the right Oscar? You're not the first one who, who thought that. Uh, we'll see. The, all the media out of Argentina has talked specifically about Romero and talked about you know a Chinese club. And this was early in the process. I saw that a Chinese club was coming to Rossing to speak to the club about Romero to increase the offer from Atlanta United and MLS. Um, I think Almiron being here would have only been a help because those are two players who came up together at Cerro Porteño in Paraguay, play together on the, the national team with Paraguay. I think the connection would have been a benefit because when you go somewhere new and you have that built-in connection and, you know, it's one thing with a manager like Tata who you know and can interact with and feel comfortable with, but to have a player about the same age that you play on the national team with and you grew up with would be a huge benefit. I think that would be a huge benefit in Atlanta's favor if Romero chooses to come here instead. Kyle's question about single entity and salary fees and all that, it, it wouldn't have heard about the rights with RSL because that was actually mentioned uh, in the national, in the U S national media, RSL had his rights. They weren't planning on making an offer. So Atlanta would have had to send $50,000 in allocation money to RSL, just like they did for Almiron when they had to give that to Seattle because Seattle had him on their discovery list. So that wouldn't have hurt. You know, you, you get into a situation just where MLS is, is still a little conservative on spending. So, you know, maybe they don't want to get into a bidding war with China and that would be the only thing where MLS and single entity might affect this deal. I think there's probably a limit that Atlanta has and what they want to spend. And, you know, Mucha Plata is not unlimited. So there's probably a top end of what they wanted to go to. And the Chinese club could have just trumped it on the salary side. Yeah, they, they might have literally just muscled their way through at an outspending limit, which is, you know, we see it in Europe all the time with the, with the way the Champions League is set up. You've got your uh, the top six leagues and you've got teams that are just you've got. Uh, here's the thing. The teams that finish just outside of the relegation zone in your in England, in the uh, Premier League, the teams that just barely avoid getting relegated to the championship are damn sure making more money than just from TV money and, and, and the like than teams in obviously in Scotland, um, probably in the Netherlands, uh, a number of the Eastern European countries, uh, the Polish leagues, like the money sometimes is just, you can just muscle through with the money. And that's not unlike China. They, they have the ability. They just signed Oscar to, I think it was 75 million, uh, the other Oscar. Um, like they can literally just muscle through. And they can just push down any barrier they need to. And then it's up to, you know, not everybody's going to take the money, but they, if, if money's an issue, they're going to make it a non-issue. Yes. And, and that's, like I said at the top, that probably got disconnected in our technical difficulties. Um, China going after this level of player can have an effect on MLS because I don't think we really saw China as a competitor for players with MLS on the the high end 
because Atlanta wasn't or Atlanta and MLS wasn't going after those players. But this type of player that Atlanta is going after, that MLS is going after those, you know, 10 million type of deals, 8 million type of deals. If China starts throwing that money around, then it's a problem for MLS and they're going to have to adjust. Um, a little bit of news this morning. Uh, the reentry draft is later today, three o'clock, and MLS finally released the list of players who are eligible for it. This was supposed to come out yesterday. Um, looking to see real fast. If there's any major surprises uh, running through some names that you could see Atlanta select. Atlanta will pick 21st in this. And just so you know, kind of what the parameters are, these are players who are, had their option declined or are out of contract uh, who didn't qualify for free agency. Some free agents could choose to participate in this rather than the free agency process. Players could also opt out of the reentry process. If you are picked today, this is the first stage, then basically Atlanta would be saying if they pick a player today that they're either picking up their option that was declined by their original club um, or I think guaranteeing them a flat amount of a raise if they're out of contract. If they wait and pick up somebody next week in stage two, then they, they're free to negotiate whatever deal they want to negotiate. So you might see where some guys don't get picked today and get picked next week because of that. But running through some names that we've talked about, Michael Stevens is on here. He was uh, His option was declined. Central midfielder, I don't think he's as high on the list now because of the Jeff Lorenowitz signing. Uh, Christian Maidana is a number 10 that if the Romero deal is done, you could see Maidana as a uh, replacement for that. Um, really good playmaker, but he will not help you at all defensively. So you're going to have to have cover for that. Um, let's see. Tony Taylor's a forward slash wide player who could be useful. Chris Cludy outside back who can play on the left or right, former silverback. Olmus Garcia from RSL, another fast winger who could fit in the system. Uh, Dylan Rimmick, left back from Seattle, is a very uh, appealing possibility. Pedro Morales, if you go big um, from Vancouver, his option was declined. He's a designated player who was making about $1.2 million last year. Don't see that one happening. I think if they go big in the, in the reentry draft, you're probably talking about a Maidana. And that would mean that they think the Romero deal is done. You know, I wonder if, um, uh, okay, first off, I'm looking at Clutie, uh, thinking, okay. And, I, and I'm looking and I remember, wait, he was playing for Minnesota. He was loaned to ML, to in Minnesota when the NASL team. I wonder if they'll consider him uh, to be an option for now that they're an MLS side. He's still they would be smart too. They would be very smart too. Even, even with, you know, having some outside backs already, uh, Chris Clutie is a player who, you know, I'm familiar with from my time with the Silverbacks and the Reserves. He came up through the Reserve program, uh, was really brought back into this level of soccer by uh, Ricardo Montoya, a good friend of ours, and then Eric Winalda. And then when he went to MLS, Oscar Pereja did a great job with him in Colorado. And his career's kind of stagnated since. So Clutie needs to find the right situation. I think. Under Tata Martino, he could really blossom. I think he could also do pretty well in Minnesota if he's given the chance. He needs to go somewhere to play. He needs to get his confidence back because that's what I've seen is he just – the bouncing around from Colorado to Columbus, now to Portland, he just doesn't seem to be playing as confidently as he, he has in the past, as I've seen him at his best. So he needs to go somewhere where a coach can work with him, really push him, and get his, his confidence back up because – He's a player who Klinsman, you know, had brought into a national team camp, one of the January camps. You know, this is not just a random player. He can play. He just needs a spot to do it. I, I like Chris Clutie. I don't think he's as good a fit here now because of the Bloom addition specifically, because Bloom does the similar things that Clutie does, can play on either side. Clutie can play in the middle a little bit if you want to go that direction, but – yeah, but he, he he sits on the left more often than not these days. More often than not, that's his best spot is on the left. That's a guy who can get forward. So that actually dovetails to a question we had a while back from uh, LB Man on Twitter asking about the back line joining the attack or hanging back. I think when you look at, at Tata Martinez's systems in the past, he's going to want outside backs who get forward. 
and he's going to want outside backs who get involved in the possession. And that's, you know, he wants defenders to get involved in the possession, period. That's why you've seen guys like Parkhurst and Lloyd really valued so far. Ambrose and uh, Bloom also fit the bill of guys who can get forward well. So that's, that's something that I think goes back to, you know, what we've talked about for weeks now. Atlanta is prioritizing guys who can play, guys who can pass, and guys who can run and have speed. That's really, if you're looking for defining characteristics, that's what this team has. So it's going to be the same for the back line. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't take anybody just because of the way the reentry draft is set and because we love drafts so much in the MLS. Um, as you said, the first round is today or tomorrow. The second round, I think it's Tuesday. So, I mean, if nothing happens today and then they just wait for Tuesday, fine, whatever. I mean, there's 85 other drafts coming up, roughly, maybe 84. I don't know. <laughs> That's about where we're at. Um, yeah. I think they're going to add more drafts the more teams that come in the league. They're going to add two drafts for every team that comes in the league. There will literally be a draft every day of the offseason by 2025. What I would like to see, I mean, if, if we're rewriting the MLS rule book, the addition of free agency – yeah, seriously – the addition of free agency, I think, makes waiver and reentry drafts a little more redundant. I think you could, at a minimum, combine the – you have the players who qualify for free agency and you have the players who don't qualify for free agency. Do a draft for the players who don't qualify, do free agency for the ones who do qualify, and that's it. We don't need basically three different drafts with waiver, with reentry stage one, with reentry stage two. Let's simplify it have a draft for the guys who don't have, don't qualify for full free agency. I guess it'd be somewhat like the, what rule five draft in baseball. Yeah. Similar. Create a process similar to that. No, okay. Maybe not. There's multiple levels to rule five because there's uh you know, the top flight rule five. I think there's triple a double a rule five. There may be a single a rule five. I'm not sure. Um, Okay. Let's just take the top flight rule five then. Okay. That's fine. So let's take one draft guys. And yes. throw them in there. And then have free agency for the guys who qualify, and let's just do that. This is, you know, the waiver draft, nobody was picked. It was a waste of time. It was just a waste all the way around. Those guys became free agents by not being picked. Let's just wrap all of the drafts up into one and then have a free agent system and go from there. Maybe that's where it's going. Um, I don't know. The MLS is such a weird animal in and of itself. Like, oh, it's American sports. Kind of. It's American sports that's been doused in radiation for a while. And I mean, it's kind of sick, but it's getting better and it's getting scarier in terms of its size and its impact on the national stage. So it's, it's, it's still going to be different. It's, it's always going to be unique in my opinion. The MLS is compared to other, it's going to be unique compared to other sporting leagues in the United States. And it's going to be unique, especially compared to other soccer leagues around the world. There's always going to be something that's different and quirky and it's always going to be that kid with the second head sitting off the side of his shoulder who is really good and you shouldn't underestimate, but there's still a second head. Yeah. And, and MLS is about to change again with uh, the, the release yesterday of this expansion process moving forward for teams 25 through 28. There were a few things that jumped out to me. I, I wrote a piece on, on dirty yesterday. Check that out. Um, you're looking at a situation where one Garber actually kind of reaffirmed at least some form of a commitment to Miami in mentioning that Miami is part of the, the group to 24, which is Atlanta, Minnesota, LAFC, and Miami at least still has a claim on that. So they didn't, you know, press the panic button and say, well, spot 24 is wide open now. So that jumped out. Also, that 10 cities were mentioned that have publicly expressed an interest in bidding. The bidding will start uh, now, actually. And yeah, I think it started the second that, that press conference ended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the applications are due by the end of January. And they're expecting to announce the next two teams in the second or third quarter of 2017 and then also announce the process for the last two, for teams 27 and 28, at least last two for now. So, you know, I was asked yesterday kind of what, you know, I think about who's in the driver's seat. And I'd have to say Sacramento is, is probably the top 
team that is waiting to come into MLS. They've, they've been at this game for a while. They've got a stadium plan together. They have a good ownership group. They've done well at USL. I think it's just a matter of time for Sacramento. Cincinnati's really blown up and it's pushing into that. Do they get into the next two? Um, and then beyond that, it's a little more of a crapshoot. I mean, the, the just whatever the hell you want to call it with the NASL really kind of forces the hand of a lot of teams. Um, like I said earlier, everyone's scrambling to fill spots that are emptying out as quickly as they can fill them. I don't know what the next step is in terms of who goes where. Um, yeah, Cincinnati's a really interesting pick just because just on, just on the ground that they fill that damn place up. Um, that they get their attendance levels at times were higher than a lot of MLS teams. That alone is appealing. Uh, North Carolina is an appealing thing. Um, I said this yesterday on Twitter, Miami and their odyssey of getting a team is exactly what I feared Atlanta's would be because I thought we would Atlanta the hell out of this in some way, shape or form. And I'm really glad that Atlanta has turned into such a great looking expansion program, but Miami is exactly what I was afraid Atlanta would be which is just cannot get this ship, not even off the ground, out of the hangar. I, I probably thought that could be the case before it was Arthur Blank involved. If it had been anybody else who was rumored to look at MLS in Atlanta, and we're probably going back 10, 15 years at this point, yeah, I think it was always an uphill climb. When it was, it was Blank and it was in conjunction with the Falcons and in conjunction with the new stadium, I figured it was a matter of time. Really, since they pulled out, because Atlanta was in the bidding uh, around Seattle's entry into the league, and they were, I believe, one of the finalists in the time that Vancouver and Portland and Montreal came into the league. Atlanta pulled out of that because at that time, Blank was looking at the GM plant in Doraville as a stadium site, and it, it kind of fell through. So he had to regroup, and basically MLS said, just let us know when you're ready. And that, that's what it came down to. I think there was a handshake deal for a long time that Atlanta's coming into the league. We just don't know when. And, you know, it took a while, but it's, it's good. And we haven't had to go through this process with Miami. I think you're going to see it with some of these other, other cities as well. You mentioned NASL. There's two NASL markets that are on this list of 10. Raleigh-Durham with the new North Carolina FC, the former Carolina Railhawks and Tampa Bay with the Rowdies. Uh, Tampa Bay has been very aggressive in putting themselves out there as an MLS market. Uh, North Carolina has taken it a little bit different way, but they also have a lot to, to really bring to the table. Another NASL quirk when it comes to MLS that is being discussed, you'll have to check out, I believe it was Empire Soccer, who had a great thing this morning. Some rumors are out there, and, and we've talked about this as well. I think it was more of a pipe dream on my end, but it might actually happen, where there's a group talking about buying the New York Cosmos brand and basically putting it on ice for a year or two and buying the Red Bulls and then converting the Red Bulls to the New York Cosmos branding. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yes. so they want to, they want to see like a fight from the end of the movie uh, Gangs of New York. That's what they want. I don't even know what to call this thing because it's not. And let let's be very be clear. <laughs> this is not the New York Cosmos as they currently stand. Buying the Red Bulls, which is what was talked about for a while. The Cosmos aren't paying staff, so the Cosmos as they stand now are not buying much of anything. I believe they're being sued for rent. So. Somebody would come in and buy the Cosmos brand and then buy the Red Bulls and then rebrand. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, Metro Stars? I mean, uh, I don't know what New York Red Bulls fans would really want at this point. Um, you know, the Metro Stars transition was, was rough. And I think some people still hold on to the Metro Stars heritage, as we saw with Atlanta getting blasted for having red and black stripes, even though that hasn't been in place for a long time. Oh, the I best think, shade, by the way, of the week was DC United saying uh, it, no, uh, Atlanta and Atlanta, uh, United and United did not take any United players. Like, I, I was impressed. <laughs> oh, and uh, Robin, our friend Robin, is, is not happy about this. Cosmos, New York Red Bulls craziness. Um, 
that's a lot for a fan base to ask for is to go from Metro Stars, which, I mean, is, it's just a name. Let's, let's all get back to these are names. Metro Stars to Red Bulls, which was a big transition because then you're getting into corporate branding and you're getting into a Red Bull brand and you're getting into this global powerhouse of stuff. To then go from that to a heritage American soccer brand like the Cosmos that has been, I think it's fair to say, damaged through all of this NASL stuff, that would be just craziness. Yeah. Um, whew. I mean, that was pretty much my reaction right there. I was telling you, it's kind of like the gangs in New York at the end when they have the draft riot fights. Um, you, if you think you can change the Red Bulls to the Cosmos and people won't push back, good luck. Um, like, look, I love the Cosmos. I mean, they are an American institution. No matter how you really feel about it, they're there. They matter. They're part of our, they're part of the sports history in this country. Um, there, I think there is a certain there – are, there are people who will be purists who will say, that's great. Get rid of the corporate sponsorship of the Red Bulls, all that jazz, um, especially now that there are like 85 Red Bulls teams around the world. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to need a moment. Yeah, it's, 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 we could have avoided all of this if they just like, I don't know, not spent all of the money every year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.